Hello, everyone. Welcome to the SciCast podcast. I'm your host, Ashton Yoon, and this podcast you're about to listen to is about psychology, therapy, and mental health. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard stories and the perspectives of the patients, but this podcast will show us the perspectives of the therapists instead. Hello, welcome to the SciCast podcast. Today, our guest is Jaron Lim. He is a celebrity mental health influencer from Indonesia, graduating from UC Davis with two majors and two minors. He is planning on making the largest mental health facility in Southeast Asia. So thank you very much for taking the time to join me today. Is there anything I missed that you'd like to add? Not right now. <laughs> I think I'm re- pretty good, pretty good. Okay, well, thank you for coming on. I guess my first question is just like, why did you become a mental health advocate? You even added a, like a psychology major one year before graduating? Yeah, so I have actually been planning on doing psychology since I was in uh, elementary school. Oh, so okay. I started like reading a lot of psychology books because my older brother is, he used to be a psychology major, so uh-huh. I used to read his books and everything. And I started like finding myself in where I ruminate a lot. I felt a lot of stresses like, depression and stuff yeah yeah. but it's not that severe yet until i was in college Mm -hmm. so i'm actually a pre-med i want to go to medical school Mm -hmm. i want to do md phd so that's why i took biochemistry and molecular biology neuroscience and human physiology and then in 2019 to cut a long story short i actually was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder bpd Mm, it's pretty severe though because i have never had successful relationships in my life Mm -hmm. so i have always been like too extreme and or like too intense for a lot of them and they feel jaded and they they would abandon me like i would feel stressed out and then in 2019 i had like a suicide attempt and yeah it was at uc davis and then i called my friend and i sent them an email saying like goodbye and stuff yeah 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 and then they actually called 911 and then I was hospitalized um, under like 5150 code, which is like three days initially. And then actually at that time, I, I didn't seek help yet. I didn't know what happened. I was thinking that, oh my, I'm just like a weird ball at that time. Mm-hmm. And then the second attempt was in, uh, in August, in August 2019. That's like, that's the low low of my life lowest part of my life i would say oh yeah i had like a very close friend like very close he was like like a brother to me and then Mm -hmm. i we used to like meet every day he came to my place every day (laughs) and then he told me that he's okay with everything but there's it like i think when he was studying for mcat he told me that oh i'm actually pretty overwhelmed with you jaren and stuff why you didn't tell me i was like yeah well i feel bad telling you because i know that you are struggling with your mental health and stuff and then he started like ghosting me yeah he didn't reply to my message and stuff and then that's like the second suicide attempt i had which is yeah at my home and then my friend called 911 and i was hospitalized for almost two weeks and I think that's like the juncture where I started to think, okay, I think I need to do something. And then I started seeking help like mm. intensely. And then yeah. I also started studying more and more about psychology. And I was like, okay, I think this is something I can do. I can get treated and then I can also help a lot of people if I do psychology, people with the same struggle as I am. And then I decided to, okay, I, I was supposed to graduate that year. Uh-huh. So it's like already summer. So I, I was supposed to graduate in 
a few weeks. And then I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm just going to do psychology in one year. <laughs> so it's supposed to be four years. And uh-huh. I just like cramped everything in one year and I graduated with honors uh, for okay. psychology. So yeah, I started making a lot of contents like about psychology. Mm-hmm. I used to like make my contents in English, but yeah. <laughs> there was not a lot of audiences. <laughs> I didn't get like a lot of followers and subscribers. And then oh, from the US. I started thinking, well, I'm pretty fluent in Indonesian too, mm-hmm. not in Korean. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll probably do some content in Indonesian because I know like Indonesian people are pretty active on social media, mm-hmm. especially if you see like on everyone's like on someone's YouTube channel, if they started speaking Indonesian or they talk about Indonesian, about everything, there'll be a lot of Indonesian <laughs> people coming. Oh my God, Indonesian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started, okay, I'm going to do that. And then that's right. People started to recognize me like media. And then most of them are a uh, mental health advocate as well. Mm-hmm. And also, so I'm a singer as well. So a lot of my friends are from uh, Indonesian Idol, if you know, uh, and The okay. Voice Indonesia, Rising Star. Mm-hmm. So... I started like influencing them to get into mental health as well, yeah. to yeah to spread about the awareness um, in Indonesia. So I invited them to my podcast on YouTube, and then my last project. Did you see it yet? Oh yeah, I when saw I the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started doing that, and then yeah, as for right now, I'm like full time doing that. What was the song that you did for that project? Or anyone from Demi. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So you found a lot more success with like a Indonesian audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I read on your website that you created was it neurodialectic? Do you mind explaining what that is? Why okay, you made yeah. it? So dialectic. I took it from the word like dialectical behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. which is like a therapy that was created by Martha Linehan for people with BPD, borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And actually the philosophy of dialectic, there's gray area in this world. It's not always black and white. Yeah. Because a lot of people with BPD are pretty like polarized. Their thoughts are pretty black and white. It's either uh, befriending someone pretty intensely, I wanna meet them every day, I wanna text them every day, or if they're starting to less, uh, text you less, they will have like a lot of paranoid thought like oh my god do they like me less do they hate me do they find me like do they find new friends and i'm not fun anymore like i started to like have a lot of like black and white thinking so i adopted that philosophy so dialectic like the gray area and neuro is because my focus is neurobiology so i can say that i'm like the first psychobiology mental health creator in indonesia I'm okay. also part-time a lecturer in mm-hmm. one of the campuses in Indonesia. I teach psychobiology, and I'm the only professor that <laughs> graduated with a bachelor's. Uh, Everyone else was like PhD because they don't have psychobiology yet in Indonesia. I'm the first one. Oh, really? So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I say like neurodialectic, what I mean it's like the intersection, the gray area between mm-hmm. psychology and neuro- uh, neurobiology. So I'm trying to explain all the phenomenon in psychology that everything has biological mechanisms underlying it like everything so it's not a dichotomy between like physical health and mental health it's actually it's one if you are like if you don't stigmatize people with diabetes why do you stigmatize people with for example depression so that's actually the um, the main concept of neurodialectic 
And so, like, how do these like mental and physical conditions like relate? And like, what are the largest misconceptions like about this? Yeah. So, I would say a lot of people think that they are like dichotomous. It's like either like physical health or mental health, but it's actually not. It's like if you watch my YouTube channel or yeah, even though it's in Indonesian, I have like English mm-hmm. subtitle. Yeah, I actually explain everything, all like the mental illnesses, including like trauma, including say. Conduct disorder or antisocial personality disorder, or in layperson term, it's like psychopathy. They have the biological mechanism underlying it. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, they have the genes. If they don't have the gene, they only was they were exposed with trauma, for example, or abuse or neglect. It is unlikely that they would develop the disorders. So it's always the interaction between like the gene and the biology and then and the environment it's just the same as heart disease so right it's not just mental it has to do no oh i see i see okay and then going back you said well how did you find like proper like mental help like did you go through multiple therapists like how did you eventually find someone that like would help you like well um so i went to uc davis and Mm -hmm. initially i just okay oh we have clinical psychologist we have right. psychiatrists in at uc davis so i just made an appointment and mm-hmm. they're pretty helpful and then i started digging more and more about my mental illnesses yeah and then i that's like the point where i started to find oh so people uh, like the first line treatment for people with bpd is dbt so i started mm-hmm. finding dbt therapy in the area and then I started to find psychiatrists that is specialized in B, uh, BPD and yeah not oh, okay. so fancy, but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so like you I don't know, like found your own issues and then found therapists who yeah. could help specifically with those I see and then so like what uh, social stigmas have you seen like most around like mental health and therapy and then like how does it differ from like Indonesia and then the US yeah, that's a really good question so Indonesia is a developing country. It's third world country. Mm-hmm. So I would say like the science and the technology is not as sophisticated as the state. Sure. That's yeah. why I'm like the first yeah. <laughs> professor to teach <laughs> like psychobiology. Mm-hmm. So they are still pretty, how do I say it? They still believe in a lot of myth okay. and folklores. And they're actually pretty religious, which is not bad per se yeah but some of them are pretty extreme like superstitious extreme yeah superstitious so for example when someone is experiencing depression Mm. they will say that oh it's because your faith to god is not strong enough so they will perform exorcism and stuff too and i actually experienced that before when i was in middle school because mm-hmm. I was a pretty rebellious student, and yeah. they always <laughs> told my parents that I was probably possessed. Like, I was influenced by devil and stuff, uh-huh. and they started praying for me like to exorcise the devil. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm still rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I see. So then, when you came to the U.S., what are like what are the biggest like changes that you saw? Like uh-huh. less superstitious, I'm assuming. Like a lot more focus, a lot more focus on mental health, like help. Yeah, I think a lot of things here are more evidence based, meaning sure, that sure. it's from yeah, from a lot of studies, journals. Yeah. Instead of from what people say, he says, she yeah. says, or whatever. So I think that's good. That's better. And what else? I think um, I learned a lot of 
stuff here as well. It's uh, like other than the knowledge about mental health, mm-hmm. but also about the culture. And for example, in a lot of Asian country, you have that. I don't know how to say it. It's like you feel bad when you mm-hmm. say something to people. Like for example, they ask you, "Hey, Jaren, do you want to eat out with me?" Mm-hmm. And then because they are your good friend, you are um, you feel bad to refuse sure. them. Yeah. So okay, I will go with them, although you actually don't want to go with them. Mm-hmm. In Asian country, that's like really popular. I-, I think almost everyone does that. But in the states, I think a lot of people are more assertive, meaning that oh, they can advocate for themselves. Oh, and I. Okay. I found it very useful for my mental health because you know, like the term "people pleaser." I was yeah, a people pleaser because yeah. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be abandoned. So yeah. I just do everything to please people. But now I started to be able to advocate for myself to mm-hmm. tell them to say no to yeah to refuse them, and it's actually not so bad. That's something that <laughs> I learned like the most from the states. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Indonesia. Do you think a lot of people's like conditions, when like undiagnosed, like just like leave alone, or it used to be like that? Uh-huh. But I think after the pandemic in twenty uh, twenty, yeah, they um the mental health awareness right now is pretty good in Indonesia. Oh, okay. It's just awareness though. Yeah. So the bad thing is they are over aware. <laughs> what I mean by over aware is like they started to self-diagnose themselves and they started mm. to use a lot of like vocabularies that are not actually accurate yeah for example if they i feel happy right now and mm. then i feel sad tomorrow and then they will say to their friends oh my god i'm so bipolar or <laughs> oh my god bipolar is not that it's yeah, not just mood yeah. swing. or something like oh my god I, i'm i'm so sad today i don't feel happy i am anhedonia no <laughs> it's not like that so they tend to use a lot of terms that are not accurate mm. self-diagnosing and the worst thing is they started to romanticize and weaponize mental health um, and it's like very popular right now. We have a, a lot of celebrities like right now yeah. that are doing that. And I'm actually kind of dragged into that because I'm a mental health advocate and they yeah. started to quote my stories and they started to tweak it around. Uh, I don't know. I don't care, but yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot of like <laughs> drama. Mm-hmm. So like one of the one of the issues is like so there's like one person, she's a con artist. Oh my god. She had like an ex-husband yeah mm-hmm. she used like his money a lot yeah and then she ran away mm-hmm. and then when her ex-husband asked for the money she kept on saying oh my god i have bipolar i'm in hospital uh. and then finally like people didn't believe in her anymore so her ex-husband started to question it all as well and mm-hmm. he actually sued her and then he brought her to the court and i think she hired like a fake psychiatrist not fake per se but it's like like paid off a psychiatrist or? yeah like okay. paid off yeah yeah and so he started to making things up like he said oh she has a severe acute bipolar which is oh. not a term in psychology we don't have like acute bipolar yeah in the SM5 <laughs> no that's yeah. not a thing so mm-hmm. yeah she started to be like bullied by a lot of people and yeah, that's what they do right now. They weaponize it and romanticize it, though. So yeah. people that actually don't have mental illnesses feel like they're FOMO. 
fear of missing mm. out. Oh my yeah. god, everyone has like mental illness. Why don't I have mental illness? Yeah. <laughs> so they started to make their own mental illness. Like, oh my god, I have ADHD. I have mm-hmm. everything with just the slightest symptoms. I think that's a pretty bad thing as well. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's pretty systemic right now. It's not just in Indonesia. Yeah. For example, we know that like one of the biggest news like lately mm-hmm. ever heard. Yeah. Oh yeah. She used a lot of like. BPD and uh-huh. I think histrionic personality disorder as her excuses oh, uh, okay. to like attack what's, her, what's his name uh, Johnny Depp Johnny Depp yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like pretty systemic it's like mm-hmm. everywhere but Indonesia is worse right yeah now. and then like on like TikTok and like social media there's some people yeah. who are like faking like these kind of disorders and then just for like clout just for like yes uh, exactly uh, popularity so I know that's a definitely an issue so yeah. Switching around a little bit. So, what advice or like tips would you give someone trying to get into like the field of psychology or like become a mental health advocate like yourself? I think empathy is like the first thing that is very important mm-hmm. because I found a lot of people working in mental health, including licensed psychologists, therapists, psychiatrists. Yeah, they're just interested in mental health. They're interested in the field, in the knowledge, mm-hmm. but they don't actually have the heart in it. They don't uh. have the empathy to the people. Because I used to work in like in a mental health institution, and even in that like institution, a lot of the therapists, including the director, mm-hmm. actually stigmatize the patients a lot, the clients. Oh, okay. It's like, oh my god, he's so crazy. He used mm-hmm. the word crazy, yeah. and then they used the word like, oh my god, he's so retarded. So mm-hmm. like, I don't think that's the thing you're supposed to say yeah as like a director or yeah yeah especially in like a mental health facility right 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 so i feel like they just they're just interested in the knowledge not really as a human being so right. i think if you really want to do mental health you have to be ready you have to know that you are actually dealing with a human being it's like a doctor doctor mm-hmm. deals a lot with i would say physical health right like cardiac disease and stuff and mental yeah. health is the same it's like physical it's like invisible physical illnesses it's in your mm-hmm. it's a chemical in your brain that you need to treat right so the same empathy needs to be applied as a mental health activist that's what i think i see do you think any of them are just like for the money or just like as a like becoming a doctor like gives you that or I would more knowledge money just knowledge to be honest psychiatrists are among the doctors that get paid le- like the least okay like yeah. for the surgeon or even orthodontist like your mom mm-hmm. <laughs> get more than psychiatrists mm-hmm. and clinical psychologists but i think a lot of them are yeah for knowledge and for fame because mental health issues are pretty huge right now after mm-hmm. especially after the pandemic uh, a lot of people like are yeah. depressed or stressed out because they are not able to be in touch with their environment with the people surrounding them so they started to experience a lot of mental health issues that's mm-hmm. why the mental health issues started to burgeon started to yeah to become a thing and when you become a mental health activist there's a chance that you will become famous for mm-hmm. right now so i think a lot of people do that as a business as as like as the chance of getting famous i see yeah rather than like caring about like exactly. people i see okay and then that's like serious question like as a behavioral therapist assistant how was your experience like what did you do in your job memorable experiences like any of that to be completely honest i didn't know why i did that (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it's because so I was an international student, mm-hmm. and I had like the time window at that time. If I didn't get into any job within like ninety days period, I would be deported back to Indonesia. Oh, so okay. I started to find like any job. I was actually interested initially. Oh, it it seems interesting. Yeah, and I I started working there, and apparently the institution actually does ABA, which is like. Applied behavioral analysis, mm-hmm. and it's one of the therapies that is very controversial in psychology because mm. they use that therapy for people with autism, and mm. they use a lot of like positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, something yeah. like that. And I actually sort of like disagree with a lot of the philosophers because mm-hmm. like I think they're still human being that needs to be cognitively what do you call. Even if they are not cognitively capable, mm-hmm. we still need to treat them as an adult, as a human right. being. Right. But they don't really do that. So, for example, when someone has a behavior, for example, they will start to ignore them and then start to talk to other people. Oh, good job for st- sitting quietly. I feel yeah. like that's something you do to an animal, giving yeah, like, yeah, reward, yeah. punishment. So that's why I was like pretty frustrated when I worked there. But mm-hmm. now I don't work anymore. I I'm just focusing on my social media and my job as like a teacher, like a lecturer. Oh, right okay. yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's like a very good experience, but for sure I learned a lot. A lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so some like last final fun questions on your website. I saw that you do like do scuba diving, drawing, singing. <laughs> like what got you into drawing, or like how long have you been doing it? I have never learned like drawing at all. Mm-hmm. I think. That's like my talent. I, was, I don't know. <laughs> I started drawing, um, I think in high school, uh-huh. and it's like pretty rare. I don't really draw a lot, but every time I draw, people just praise me a lot. Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just draw. It's easy. It's not that yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's when I started drawing for scuba diving. I started in 2018 because my older brother mm-hmm. is an avid scuba diver, and yeah. he started to like persuade me to get into scuba diving too yeah and i'm like okay why not i started to learn it and then i went to a place in indonesia called manado which is one of the most popular places in the world for scuba diving oh, i okay. took the open water certification i was like oh my goodness this is fun <laughs> i think it's really what do you call like you are doing mindfulness as well when you're yeah. scuba diving because the way you control your buoyancy like up and down is mm-hmm. not using device it's using your breath so Um, you're actually learning how to control your breath as well when you're scuba diving it's not like swimming so that's why i always told my friends that scuba diving is actually mindfulness activity as well Mm -hmm. and it's helping me it's helping my mental health as well so yeah i started doing that and then i took the advanced open water class in la Mm -hmm. and then i went to hawaii for underwater navigation license i went to la again for buoyancy class the license and then i think the best experience i had in scuba diving was 2019 just before the pandemic Mm -hmm. i went to mexico alone like solo trip yeah instead of diving in the ocean i dove in we call it cenote oh yeah yeah, i've heard of those like the cavern cavern yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, it's hella fun It's like a different world. You can see like a gas underwater. It's like yeah. you're flying. It's like, that's like the best experience <laughs> for scuba diving. Mm-hmm. For singing, uh, I have been singing since I was a kid. Okay. Uh, I think 
a lot of Filipinos, Indonesian are just pretty yeah. good and singing. I'm not like I'm not Indonesian by blood, but I mm-hmm. grew up there. Yeah. So I'm still yeah, I still do a lot of like activities that Indonesians do. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't really sing that much until I was in college. I took uh-huh. chamber singer course like a choir class when I yeah. was in freshman. So I started with classical singing, but I was mm-hmm. not interested at all. <laughs> and I started singing jazz and mm-hmm. I feel like uh it's kind of fun, but I I can't do that for 24-7. And then yeah. I think in 2019, I started hanging out a lot with people, like a lot of celebrities, especially Indonesian Idol celebrities, The Voice, Indonesia, and then Rising mm-hmm. Star. And then I started taking lessons with the owner, like the founder of Vocal Plus, which is one of the largest music platforms in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. He is like the best i would say like the best vocal coach in indonesia yeah if you know agnes mo agnes mo like rich ryan i think oh yeah, yeah, yeah vocal coaches him he is the vocal oh, coach okay. so, yeah i started taking uh, the lesson and then started like exploring more and more started learning like r&b and um yeah so right now i do singing as like if you look into my instagram I do both, like mental health and in my IGTV, it's all about my singing. Ah, okay. That's my hobbies. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was a pleasure talking to you and I'll see you later. Thank you for inviting me too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much to Jaren Lim for joining me today. You can find him on Instagram at just Jaren Lim, no spaces, no caps. Be sure to also check out his mental coaching page at Digital Mental Coach on Instagram. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.